Hey, everybody. Welcome back to our podcast where we agree to disagree on a lot of different things. So before we get started into today's topic, I just wanted to tell you a little bit of a story that happened to us over Thanksgiving. I hope that you guys had a really good Thanksgiving because we sure did, ate lots of good food, and it was just really good to be back in Arizona and spending time with family. So I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys know that I have 12 nieces and nephews, and we went down to Arizona to be with my sister and... Thanks. And my brother came down with his six kids. My sister has four. And they came down to celebrate Thanksgiving with us. And my niece, Gracie, I think she's eight. She's like seven or eight. I think she's eight because I think she's got baptized. I think she's eight. Anyway, so she is just a firecracker. She's hilarious. She says it how it is. And we just adore her. She's so cute. But we always say she's like a 15-year-old stuck in like a five-year-old's body. I don't know. It's just really funny. Now she's eight, but at the time... Anyway, she, or my mom, so my mom buys all the kids little crafts to do for like Christmas at Thanksgiving. She goes to Joanne's, buys some crafts. So my mom's like, hey, you need to sit down and help the kids with their crafts. So I'm like, okay. So Gracie just, she loves me. So she comes over and she wants to sit right next to me. And then Brooklyn, my sister's daughter, she goes, did you know that Gracie didn't even know who you were? And I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, she didn't even know who you were because of your brown hair. And so Gracie goes, yeah, I didn't know who you were until like the second half of of the day because I just thought that you were Michaela's sister. So (laughs) it's really funny. So I just start laughing. I'm like, okay. And then Gracie goes, so why did you dye your hair brown? And so, of course, I was like, well. It's a valid question. Yeah, I was just like, I don't know. I just wanted to like change it up for winter, you know, you know, go dark a little bit because I've been blonde my whole life. So I just wanted to have fun and try something new, you know? So anyway, she's like, oh, okay. She's like, well, I like you better blonde. And I'm like, wow, thanks, Gracie. And then she's like, yeah, Jonas could do better. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, do I really look that bad with brown hair? And clearly, then she, clearly I'm the favorite uncle. Yeah, I guess so. But <laughs> I mean, Jonas didn't really like my brown hair either. He's gotten to like it. And now I'm just feeling like I got to go back to blonde because everyone loves the brown hair, but they're just like, it's just not you because I'm naturally blonde. So we'll see what happens with that. For for the record, I told you exactly this would happen. And you're like shocked. You're like, how come, how come everyone thinks that I look different with brown hair? Well, I know everyone would think I look different, (laughs) but it's like, man, everyone's like, I like you better blonde. I'm like, okay, geesh. Okay, anyway, it was a great time. We had a lot of fun, and she's the cutest little thing. She still said, I still think you're really pretty. She's like, like, she like, wasn't trying to be rude, but she's just, she's hilarious. She's funny. So anyway, then she was like, and I watch your YouTube videos of gymnastics. She's like, and it's so funny because all of them kept asking me, so are you still doing gymnastics? Are you still doing flips and tricks, you know? And they're like, I'm like, no, I'm retired. Like, you're retired? What? They just like, don't understand. It's hilarious, but. Anyway, so for today's topic, we are going to be talking about crypto, which is Jonas's favorite thing to talk about. He's super good at it, understands it. I know nothing about it. And so we're going to dive into that. We, we can't even agree or disagree just because Michaela doesn't even try to learn anything about it. <laughs> I don't. So. It's just confusing. I don't understand it. And I don't do the bills, so it's your job. And, and you're good at it, so I don't have to worry about it, which That's is true. nice. true. It works out. Um, so crypto is short for cryptocurrency. Quick definition. So cryptocurrency is a digital currency in which transactions are verified and records maintained by a decentralized system using cryptography rather than by a centralized authority, which would be like a bank or a credit card issuer. Still don't get it. just kidding but you had some questions i know yes so can you just explain to everybody what crypto is and how did you get into it okay um so there's a lot to unpack disclaimer i've been like in crypto for two three years now um and i still don't know i would say like most of it like it's very it's very complex stuff like the way it works and the technology behind it um, so I'm still learning even, but a very, very basic explanation. Um, crypto really only makes sense if you understand the technology behind it, which is blockchain. 
Have you heard me talk about that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you know what it is? No. All right. So that's why we're here. So I'll give you an idea of a blockchain. Um, so it's like, let's say Michaela and I each have a, we each have a notebook. I give you 20 bucks and we each write down in our notebooks, Jonas gives Michaela $20. That's a blockchain. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's just on a much smaller scale. So instead of Michaela and I writing down in notebooks with blockchain and crypto, there's thousands of computers, there's nodes, there's, you know, miners running, basically running calculations, verifying calculations, verifying transactions. And so that the blockchain is essentially a ledger which records transactions. And mm -hmm. so if I give you $20 in cryptocurrency, there's going to be a whole bunch of different records saying Jonas gives Michaela $20. The reason that's cool is because let's say, um, so like going back to the notebook analogy, it's for it to be, for it to work, like for blockchain to work, you need a lot of different, they're called nodes or computers, basically different endpoints that record those transactions. So with a notepad analogy, let's say it's me, you, and like 50 of our friends. Everyone writes down. Let's say someone steals your notebook and they write, um, Jonas gives Michaela $200. Let's say you, let's say you write that in your own mm -hmm. because you want more money, right? Mm -hmm. It wouldn't work because everyone else's notebook says just $20. Does that make sense? I guess it's still kind of confusing. So that's kind of that's kind of the security aspect behind blockchain, is it's like almost impossible to hack because you'd need the computing power to not just hack like one computer, get control of like one endpoint, one node, but the majority of them. And even then, if there's a discrepancy, that raises red flags. So it's like it's a very very secure technology. Which is that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Very great. cool. Um, so that's blockchain. Cryptocurrency is built on top of it, and I want to make that distinction because a lot of people just think of crypto and, like, money and investing and trading and stuff. But really, like, crypto's cool. Blockchain is super cool because it has way more applications. Like, um, Try your best to put this in really simple terms for people, okay? <laughs> okay I'm, I'm trying. I'm learning here, too. Um, so, so the blockchain is what I talked about, all those notebooks. So that can be used for things besides money. So like supply chain logistics, you know, like recording this item, this product went from here to here on this date and this time, from here to here, this date and this time. Just having like a decentralized ledger of transactions, whether it's with money or with products or items or even data information, uh, it has so many applications. And so that... That could be a whole other podcast, and there's a reason why that hasn't been implemented yet because that's one of those things that requires mass adoption. Like, it's it's not just like we can snap our fingers and say, "Hey, let's just use blockchain," you know, for finance, for um, the legal system, for supply chain, like for medical. It takes won't, a lot. It's won't like that eventually happen though. I believe so. Yeah, I mean, it makes total sense. Like the technology sounds because you can buy houses with crypto now, right? Or not yeah, yet? You can. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, like, there's, we're making incremental gains, but it's kind of like, think of it like Uber. Like, would Uber work if there was only a handful of people using it around the world? Probably not, no. No, like, the, the reason Uber works is because you can be anywhere, pretty much, and you can pull up an Uber and someone will pick you up. That's why it works. And so it's kind of the same thing with blockchain. Like, it's not really going to, we're not going to see it, like, in day-to-day -day life, or it's not really going to be used a lot until... We get that mass adoption until a lot of people are using it. Going back to the the notepad analogy, right? Like if me and you, if our blockchain is just me and you, that's not very secure because all it takes is one person to be off and then there's, you know, there's no majority. If there's three notepads, that's a little bit better. But the more you add, the more people that are verifying transactions independently, the more secure it gets. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So because like, for example, let's say I have 50 friends and you have 50 friends. We each have part of the blockchain. And so we write down that Jonas gives Michaela $20. But you get with all your friends and you say, hey, let's make Jonas give me $200 instead, right? And so if you could convince your friends to change it or if you could, you know, steal someone else's notepad or do stuff, then you could potentially alter the, alter the record 
So the more notepads we have, basically the bigger the blockchain is, the more people participate, the more people that are validating transactions and the more nodes there are, the more secure it gets. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So it's wild. Yeah. And so crypto basically is, it's just information um, that the blockchain uses. Crypto uses the blockchain to tell you where the money is and where it went. So crypto, it's not really, people say it's like fake or like magic internet money. All money is fake, really. Like a dollar bill is a piece of paper. You know, like your bank account balance, it's just a number. If everyone were to withdraw your bank account balance at once, we wouldn't be able to because there's not really that much money, you know, that sort of thing. So like when you understand that, like all money is pretty much just an IOU. Um so crypto is just using blockchain technology to say, hey, like, let's have a form of money where it's decentralized, which means all those different people having notepads, independently running transactions, verifying stuff, that means decentralized. There's no one person that controls it. So like, there's no one person that controls um, like the Bitcoin blockchain, for example. No one controls Bitcoin. But if you have your money in a bank, that's what's called centralized because the bank controls it. Mm. So crypto kind of cuts out the middleman because I can send you money just from my crypto wallet to your crypto wallet. If you wanted to send me money from your bank to my bank, you'd have to use, you can use a third party like Venmo or Cash App. So that's just another bridge. Or, I mean, you can send it directly from bank to bank, but then you have to do a wire, you have to pay for a wire. Um, It's just like, it's just kind of clunky. I can send you, there's no transaction limit and I can send you as much money as I want, and it settles, like, very fast, and you have it, and there's no middleman. It's just from me to you. So you said you could send me as much money as I want, huh? <laughs> Hypothetically, yes. All right. <laughs> okay, well. But Michaela likes this now. Yeah, I do. I need to start doing this. So what makes crypto so interesting, then? Uh, just just because it's different. It cuts out the middleman. You don't need a bank. Like, if everyone used crypto, like, we would not need banks. What do you need a bank for? Like to store your money with a crypto wallet, like you hold your own money. Now there is there is downside. Like it's not all positives, right? Like the downside is, think about it this way: you have your money in a bank that's insured, and the bank takes care of it. You know, like let's say the bank gets robbed, right? Like they'll still they have they have insurance, right? They'll still make you know your money there. Um, if I have my money in a crypto wallet, and if I if it gets hacked, or if I lose my seed phrase, or if I you know accidentally give it to the wrong person and it's gone, like there's no one in the world that can reverse that transaction. It's done. Like who started crypto then? Um, so blockchain technology, the idea has actually been around for a long time, like cryptography. Um, but using that for financial stuff, so crypto cryptocurrency, that was started um, actually by a guy. No one really knows if it's a guy, a man or a woman or a group. Uh, but a person went by the name of Satoshi Nakamoto back in like 2008, I think, was when the first Bitcoin white paper came out. And he had this idea. He said, hey, like, let's make a decentralized currency. It's just peer-to-peer. Cuts out the middleman, cuts out the bank, lets you have control of your own money. And then it's impossible to hack and it's impossible to... So uh, another good example. The reason I got into cryptocurrency, which kind of... I need to get back to this question. You asked me that is because it was, it was a little over two years ago. Uh, it was during the pandemic when the government was printing money. Um, and everyone that's paying attention to the economy right now notices that interest rates are going up. It's to combat inflation, which was what, what was caused the last few years when the money was printed. And I saw a statistic and I should have looked this up cause I'm not gonna remember the numbers, but it was like, it was like the majority of all the U.S. dollars in circulation have been printed within the last like few years, which was crazy to me. And so I remember hearing that. And up until that point, I had always thought that Bitcoin was like a scam, you know, or mm-hmm. a joke. Um, you know, Brock, my friend Brock, mm-hmm. he had always tried to get me into crypto or Bitcoin. Yeah, know, and I'm, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, Brock, like, that's such a joke. Like, no way. And now, you know, who's laughing now? Um, but anyways, I, I didn't like the idea that every day more dollars were being printed, which means that the value of my bank account, like the purchasing power was going down, you know, cause that's how inflation works. Mm-hmm. Prices were going up. Um, I didn't like that and I wanted to hedge against it. And so that's when I started really investing more into stocks and stuff. And that's how I found out about Bitcoin. Basically there's only 21 million Bitcoin and you can't create anymore. Like no one can, you can't create anymore. Um, the dollar, there's like infinite, right? The government can just print money whenever they want. 
no one can make Bitcoin. That 21 million Bitcoin is being found. It's called mined by computers that run very complex algorithms. Um, that's a, it's a long story, but basically that's computers can find Bitcoin. And to date, I think almost 19 million have been found. So there's only 2 million left. Wasn't there a guy that we knew that, or you kind of knew of him or maybe knew him that had like an account, but he couldn't remember his password to it. And he has like a ton in there because yeah. he's never touched it. Or well, anything, the, right? <laughs> that's, there's a lot of people like that. So the problem with that, actually, I'll get to that in a little bit. Um, don't let me forget because that's a, that's another story. But basically, the idea with Bitcoin is there's only a certain amount. No one can create it. No one can print it. You can't really hack it. It's decentralized. You don't need a bank. So it's cool. It just works. And so that's kind of what got me into crypto. Um, the problem, though, is that you hold your cryptocurrency either on a centralized exchange, so just kind of like a bank, but it's a crypto exchange. So something like like Binance, like a shirt I'm wearing, Crypto.com. Robinhood, kind of, I guess, um, Coinbase, exchanges like that. You can hold it there, or if you don't want to have a third party, which is kind of the whole point of crypto, you can hold it on your own crypto wallet. So you can have an app or just a physical, like a hardware wallet. The problem, though, is that if you lose your seed phrase, the seed phrase is like a password for crypto. It's just 12 words. It's just a random string of words, and that's what you use to access your crypto. If you forget that or if you lose it, it's just gone. Like, So I know a guy... From when I was working at Vivint, um, one of my customers, he has $10 million of Bitcoin in his hardware wallet, but he just doesn't know the seed phrase. He, he wrote it down somewhere and lost it. And that's, it's impossible to guess because, I mean, you do, there's a few thousand. Is there nothing to say like forgot password? No, so that's the thing. So that's, that goes back to the whole like crypto's decentralized. So like with a bank, it, let's say you have $10 million in your bank account and you just forget about it. You can click forget password, mm -hmm. go to your email, or, you know, forgot your email. Like, you can recover it, right? You can go to the bank and say, hey, this is my ID. You can see that I signed up for this account. I just forgot my info. Like, please give me back in. So that's, like, a good thing about centralization is that there's someone in charge. But with Bitcoin, there's no one in charge. So you forget your seed phrase, there's no one that can help you. There's no forgot password. There's no, not like, it's just gone. It's so sad. Like, why Why would he use something so weird that he can't remember anything? Oh, that'd be horrible. I know. But it's also because a lot of people bought Bitcoin early. Like, he didn't put $10 million in. He put, like, $100 in, in, like, 2011. Right, and then over time, you know, it just yeah. got But there. the problem is that a lot of people in the early days of Bitcoin were just saying, hey, let's just throw some money in and see what happens. And then just kind of forgot about it. And then by the time it was worth something couldn't remember your passphrase, you know? So that is, that's one of the cons. Like, it's nice to be decentralized. It's nice that no one can control it. Um, you know, like there's political unrest around the world. If a government doesn't like you, they can turn off your bank account. They can turn off your credit cards. Like, look what's happening to Kanye. Not saying Kanye is right or wrong, but I think what's happening to him is sad. Like, he said he got locked out of his bank account. You know, he, whole bunch of stuff. No one can do that with crypto. It's funny because the Canadian government actually asked um, some of the decentralized wallet providers to say, hey, like, can you have your customers, like, can you give us a list of your customers or freeze their funds because of this, this, or this? And they said, sorry, like, we can't. We don't know who our customers are. Like, we just, we're just provide the framework for people to get their own cryptocurrency wallet. And so it's cool. Like, no one can. That's crazy. Yeah. So, so that's cool. But, but yeah, I mean, they're, it, they're kind of, I feel like for this to actually work, for that mass adoption to happen, kind of like I was talking about earlier. There needs to be some mix of centralization. Um, maybe not, but then we just need a lot of education. We just need to tell people, like, hey, if you're going to get into this, you need to understand. Like, do not lose your seed phrase, you know? Mm -hmm. like. Um, but I don't know. Maybe there needs to be some mix. The centralization aspect, I don't think it should come from the government because people already don't really trust the government. But then the question is, who does it come from? Is there some company that does it? You know, it's... It's tough. Why don't you start it? Well, because that's the thing, because <laughs> I don't even know if I want to, because oh. what, I wouldn't even use it as a person. Because, like, people that know crypto and understand it, we don't want a middleman. Like, we don't want oh. any form of centralization. Like, I am 100% okay with the risk that if I lose my seed phrase, it's gone. But that's not super friendly for new people coming into the industry, you know? So we have to figure something out there. It's just but, confusing. <laughs> yeah, and it is confusing. <laughs> I'm so, sure a lot of you guys are wondering if Jonas talks to me about crypto. And 
kind of, but it, you not like not a lot. You might say a little thing to me here and there, but I'm just like I don't get it. I don't care. Yeah, I mean when basically. I first when I first started getting into crypto and again, you know, we could talk for hours about this, but I've just been talking about Bitcoin. There's thousands of other cryptocurrencies that are different. So like I said, Bitcoin only has 21 million. There's other cryptocurrencies that have a total supply of 1 quadrillion. You know, there's others that don't have a max supply. The creators can just keep minting more. So there's so many different cryptocurrencies. There's some that are pegged to the U.S. dollar, so it never really changes in value. It's just $1. So that way you can keep your money in crypto without worrying about it losing value. So much stuff. But when I first started getting into it, I, I don't know if you remember, I kind of told you like what I was doing. And I just, I just got really lucky. I mean, I started looking into, into crypto about the same time that probably like right before a lot of other people did because in 2020... 2021 was really when the crypto market boomed like i first bought bitcoin at ten thousand dollars and it hit a high of sixty thousand dollars last year so i got pretty lucky um and i'd already been trading stocks for a little bit so i kind of knew you know how to read charts and you know buy low sell high so i made a lot of money um 2020 and 2021 and i think i kind of told you about it but you're just like you're just like yeah i don't you're like i don't even know what's happening it's just magic internet i know a lot of people will be like oh what does your husband do i'm like oh he works with safe moon like a crypto company whatever blah 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 like oh well like what's that and i'm just like (laughs) i don't know know what to tell you but it's really cool i'm like (laughs) i'm like when he worked at vivant his bosses that make tons of money like asked him to like they like were paying jonas to like tell them like when to like go in and out of stocks and how to do crypto and he was doing all these things for him and I'm just like yeah my husband's pretty cool he knows how to do all that <laughs> yeah, stuff that little, most people don't understand little so. disclaimer it's kind of fun it's not going great right now like I've That's all the money true. all the money that I made I mean I'm I've lost probably most of it um not all of it but I've lost the majority of it just because I mean that's just crypto it goes up and down you know um I <laughs> I had a still do I I manage a money, a big pool of money, a bunch of friends, people I used to work with. And it's not doing great right now. They remind me all the time. But like, <laughs> I just say, you know, just be patient because it's very volatile. The markets go up and down. Um, but one of your questions was, what do I do? Because I work in the industry. So I work for a company that has a decentralized exchange. So think of an exchange as kind of like a marketplace for cryptocurrencies. So like... It's kind of like a stock exchange, but just for crypto. And so I'm in charge of the sales department. And so I manage all of the sales basically for cryptocurrencies that want to get listed and that want marketing done because we do a lot of marketing. So basically I sell marketing packages. I find cryptocurrencies that we think have potential that are promising. I handle all the communication, bring them on, um, work out a marketing plan, get them listed on our exchange logistics there. So it's really fun because like a lot of what I do for work I do anyways just because I'm I I just like trading cryptocurrencies and I you know I'm always like reading up about it and I stay pretty up to date so it's a it's a it's been a fun job for me because I went into it like already knowing like a lot you know most of what I needed to know I'm already deep in that world and so it's been fun and then I've you know just the longer I've been in it the bigger of a network I've grown. So now I know a lot of people, a lot of the big marketers and players in the space. And so it's, it's cool. It's, it's, it's a fun industry to work in. It's also kind of stressful because it's just so up and down, you know, it's like a roller coaster, like the, the market can crash and then stresses and me then work out. will kind of suck for a little bit, you know, but that's what I do. I do sales for a crypto company that has an exchange. So that's the that's the simple way to put it. And just to let you guys know, Jonas was so excited for today's topic because he was like, I can really dive into this. This is something I can really talk about that I know. And I feel like, you know, like our podcast, like. This is like Michaela yeah, a, talking about shopping. Yeah. Like, yeah. About. So it's like Jonas is like, I feel I feel happy for Jonas that he kind of like has his own little moment to like dive in and talk about something. That it also kind of stresses me out, though, because I know that this stuff is very confusing and I've Maybe I've just even made people more confused up to this point. We're 20 minutes in, and I don't even know if I've done a good job <laughs> explaining it. So it's it's really hard, but yeah, it's but something that 
I mean, part of the reason I'm so passionate about it is because I really do believe in the technology and like, and that it works. Like just the fact that like, you don't need a middleman, like you can control your own money. Like I've, I've run into issues before, um, like sending friends money for different things. Like Venmo has limits. Apple pay has limits. You know, like you want to send a wire that cool. That's 20 bucks. Uh, and then you have to go through the whole process of sending a wire from one bank to another. Like it's, it's just the financial system just kind of clunky, you know, like you want to send the Venmo to your bank, you got to wait three days or you got to pay a fee. You know, like I can send infinite amount of money to a friend halfway across the world, all the way across the world in three seconds for a few cents. And it's, it's done. No middleman, like not like it just works perfectly. So like, I'm super passionate about, and there's so many other cool things about it. I think that's the coolest thing. It's just, you control your money. There's no middleman. You don't have to wait on anyone else. Like just power to the people sort of thing. Um, and especially like there's a lot of developing countries like Africa, more people in Africa have a smartphone than have a bank account. Did you know that? Mm-mm. So it's like, what's the answer for those that don't have access to a bank account? Just crypto. If you have a smartphone, you can get a crypto wallet on your so phone. So they just have crypto then? A lot of them do. Yeah. Crypto is mm-hmm. a really big thing. And another good example of its use case is inflation. We think it's bad here because gas is going up. Inflation is terrible, terrible around the world. Like there's some countries in South America where like if you don't spend your paycheck as soon as you get it, like it's just worthless, you know, um, just because money changes so much. And so in a lot of countries like South America in particular, um, people want to get paid in Bitcoin. They'd much rather get paid in Bitcoin than their own currency. But does that have anything to do with capitalism too? Um, at all or not really no inflation is not really about capitalism inflation is just about government controlling the money oh so well yeah so i'm saying if they control the money how would that work with like crypto so that's a good question because governments like control obviously and so i would imagine they do not like what they're seeing with crypto and you can tell they don't like just from the regulation stuff they've tried to pass it's so hard because it's such a new such a new thing that they don't even know how to regulate it but governments want control, and so governments are starting to create their own currencies. No way. Yeah, they're called CBDCs, central bank digital currencies. But the problem with that, though, is it's like it kind of defeats the whole point of cryptocurrency, you know, or not the whole point, but a big point of it, a big selling point is that it's not, you know, tied to the, if the government creates, if the government creates their own currency, let's just call it like U.S. dollar coin, okay, which kind of is already a thing, but. Um, and they don't like you, they can just move all of your crypto from your account whenever they want because that's centralized. They have control. No one can do that with Bitcoin. Yeah, you know? that's terrible. So Could it's, you it's, a, it's a hard selling point. You know, like I get that governments want to get in on the action. You know, like they, they don't want to give up that control, but I feel like they're just going to have to give in, you know, because um, it's, it's like why create one? It's already been done. Like Bitcoin already exists. Like Bitcoin's not perfect, you know, um, Bitcoin can't handle very many transactions per second. So the TPS is kind of slow. Um, the fees are a bit higher than other cryptocurrencies, the gas fees like for trading. So it's not perfect. But the cool thing about Bitcoin is that it's the one truly decentralized cryptocurrency because the, the guy, man, woman group, Satoshi Nakamoto, whoever made it, we don't know where they are. We don't know who they, who they are. The last we heard from that person was on a forum online in like 2012, I think. So this person just came out of nowhere, created Bitcoin, and it's disappeared. And their real name. Or is yeah, it their real name? No, their real name is not Satoshi Nakamoto. That's just the name they went by. And again, we don't know if it's a man, woman, a group of people. Uh, and so the, this person just shows up. I just up. don't get why they'd want to be secretive. I feel like we've talked about this before, like a long time ago, but. I don't know. I mean, it's, no one really knows. Like that, if that person's still alive, if there's Are a person. Are they making a ton of money off bitcoin then or no because they're not i mean you don't make money off bitcoin but that person has a whole bunch of bitcoin probably because they started it you know so if that person were still alive they'd probably be whether or not they're still alive probably the richest person on earth with how much bitcoin i assume that that person has Um, and just the fact you can say i created bitcoin you know like all the power and prestige that comes with that so it's really interesting you know what happened to this person um if they're still alive they just want to lay low um, but, but it's cool. Like it's such a service because every other cryptocurrency has someone that's in charge of it. Mm-hmm. Someone that created like Satoshi created it and then like decentralized it. 
So no one really, like there's Bitcoin developers, there's a Bitcoin foundation, but there's no real centralization there. And so Bitcoin has the greatest chance of not being labeled a security by the SEC. Could you imagine being like that cool to like start that? <laughs> I don't Yeah, like I mean, genius. he's a genius. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's changing the world. You know, crypto has a trillion dollar market cap and it's only growing. So crazy stuff. I've got some questions for you though, Michaela. Hit me. <laughs> Do you think pe most people understand crypto? No. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I mean, I feel like a lot more, like when I talk to my friends, their husbands understand it more, but even then a lot of times they don't even know. Like they're like, I need to get on that or I need to learn that or, oh, since your husband knows, you need to have him teach my husband because I heard crypto and stuff like that market's real. It's really cool, you know, but no one just, no one really understands it. Mm -hmm. It's funny you say that because I thought I understood it, but it's, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but like one of my favorite charts of all time is it's the, it's like a U curve. So the X axis is how much you know. So from here, you know very little. To here, you know a lot. The y-axis is how much you think you know. And it's, it's a perfect U. Because when you start something, usually you think you know a lot about it. And then the more you learn, the more you realize you know less. But then the more you learn, then you realize, okay, now I am learning more. And that's 100% that was me. Like two days into learning about crypto, I thought I knew everything. And I made a bunch of money off Bitcoin. And then, you know, I thought I was a genius. <laughs> and then a few months go by and I realize like, oh, you know, I don't even know how I made that money. Now I understand how I made it, right? And then a few more months go by, I realize, oh, I didn't even know like what a liquidity pool is. Like, I don't even know what market cap means. All these things. And so now I'm at the point where I do feel like I do know a lot. But yeah, most people, even people that, most people just buy it. Like they just see it as like gambling or like stocks. They just say, oh, you know, cool. I'll buy yeah, Bitcoin. Yeah, I'll buy Dogecoin, you know. Thinks it's stocks. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. So I would agree. Uh, do you personally understand what it is? No. What about but now? I've, I've been talking <laughs> like for 30 now, minutes. Now better. Yeah. But like, I still feel like it's not enough to really understand. But, but I mean, I feel like for all the girls out there, for your husband, boyfriend, whatever, I feel like hopefully Jonas has been able to teach you a small amount of something today. So hopefully if you guys are listening, tuning into this episode that you guys can be able to tell, tell them like something you learned and then you might even sound cooler than them, That's which right. I think is pretty cool. Cause now I feel like I can maybe say a little bit now mm -hmm. more than I did before. So, so be honest, do you care about cryptocurrency from listening to what you've told me? I think it's really cool and it's important. And I think like. I'm curious to see how it's going to like end up in the next few years and like what will happen. But like, I'd know. <laughs> no, I don't know. I just don't answer. know how to use it. So like, no, like I feel like it's not important to me, but since you're doing it and you know how to do it, then I'm like, great. So I just don't have to worry about it. It's another thing I don't have to deal with in life, <laughs> which is nice. <laughs> sure, that's a good way of putting it. So with crypto, can it actually make a ton of money? Okay. Good question. So a common misconception about cryptocurrency is that its point is to make you money. I feel like that's what just everyone just thinks. Like, But then you can, like, lose money. Can you just take that money out whenever you want? Yeah. Oh. If I had done okay. that, we'd be sitting pretty right now. But I, I, So look at it like this. Like, the point of cryptocurrency is not to make money. Not at all. It's not, it's not to invest. It's not to trade. Like, the point of cryptocurrency is to have that decentralized finance system. You control your money. You can send it to whomever you want as fast as you want. Very low fees. Um, just cutting out the middleman on the blockchain so it can't be hacked, right? Can't be manipulated, can't be printed. But then it's weird because yet you make money off, off of it. Yes, I'll explain that. So the point of cryptocurrency is not to make money. It's for all those reasons. But because those are good reasons... The price of cryptocurrency has gone up it's because of supply and demand. Just complicated. We'll think about it this way. Bitcoin has a fixed supply, okay? Mm -hmm. It's only 21 million that will ever exist. The demand when it started, when Satoshi first put out the Bitcoin white paper, there was no demand for Bitcoin because everyone thought, like, that's crazy. Like, it's kind of a joke. 
And then little by little, people would start buying it. And so the price started out at like a cent. And then it went up, you know, 10 cents, 25 cents. And then it hit a dollar. You know, then it hit $10. Then it hit $100. So what is it now if you want crypto? Or You mean Bitcoin? I, or Bitcoin, yeah. If you want to buy a Bitcoin right now, it's like $16,000 for one. But you can buy just a piece of it. So you can buy well, $100 worth of Bitcoin and you'll have that. So how much did you buy? When? I've bought a lot. I've bought when a lot and I've sold started. a lot. started. When I first started, I put $1,000 into Bitcoin when it was at $10,000. So I bought a tenth of a Bitcoin. Now what? Now how much do I have? Or what is that at now? Because since then Both. I've... Well, since then I've bought and sold a lot. Okay. So I... So, cause, so this is how you ask, like, where does the money come from? So it's like this. So there's a fixed amount of Bitcoin. Again, the point's not to make money, but the idea is that as it gets more popular, there's going to be more demand. More people will want Bitcoin. More people want to hedge against inflation. More people want to bet on the technology. More people want to bet on blockchain technology. More people want to diversify in their investments. As more people want to buy Bitcoin, the price goes up. Just because that's the demand. That's what it's selling at. So, so the point is not to make money, but you can make a lot of money because it's so volatile. Because like also when the price goes up, a lot of people are in crypto just to make money. There's a lot of people in crypto that don't even care about the technology. They just know there's a good, it's a good way to make money. Well, it's a risky way to make money. I wouldn't say good way. But this is where the money comes from. Let's say I buy Bitcoin at $10,000. Mm -hmm. And then the first time I sold Bitcoin, it was at like $25,000. That was a few months later. Just because more people would want to buy it, so the price goes up. And so I, I sell it, and I sold it on an exchange. I use crypto.com and so I got that money and I could have just sent it straight to my bank account but, but you I put it into more yeah I waited for Bitcoin to go down because it's always going up and down because people a bunch of people buy which means the price goes up a bunch of people sell which means it goes down so I waited that's called swing trading so that's what I did for a long time is I would swing trade I swing yeah, trade swinging I, I was <laughs> swinging kidding. Bitcoin and Litecoin so I would I would buy it I would look at the charts I would sell it when I thought it was at its peak wait for it to dip I'd buy it, sell it, buy it. I got extremely lucky. I'd say extremely lucky because, like, I didn't really know what I was doing. And I just, luckily, I just happened to, like, time every single peak and dip, like, perfectly. Yeah, but then you lost it all. <laughs> I'm getting to that. <laughs> I didn't lose all of it. Okay, hold on. So, anyways, extremely lucky. So, I made a ton of money just swing trading. And then I got into day trading, which... Is awesome. I think everyone should day trade for at least a week. I think like every single person in the world should like do a one week day trading boot camp because so many lessons to be learned. Like the probably the greatest of which is like if you day trade and you do it right, like you can make so much money. And I think the idea is if everyone made a ton of money and lost a ton of money within a span of a few days, it'd be a very different world because your perception on like money and things that matter drastically changes because i have made crazy amounts of money in like one day from day trading and the majority of the time i lose all of that like the next day but like my i am so much more emotionally stable i think from that because i've and so like like little things like don't really bug me i don't know it's kind of hard to explain but anyway so i got into day trading which was more like i wouldn't day trade bitcoin i would find like very small coins very, very small ones that someone had just started, like a random one with some different idea. Because every cryptocurrency is different, you know. Some of them, there's a like there's a tax on it. So when you buy into a certain token, 10% is taken away, and that gets redistributed to the rest of the holders. So the idea is that if you hold it, you keep getting more. Just an example. There's thousands of different cryptocurrencies. Um, but I started day trading. And so I did make a lot of money. Most of that money that I made, I lost because I didn't sell it. So made money. It's not really, you didn't really make money on paper if you don't sell. So I would buy in. So like there was one, you know, that I put like $1,000 in. Um, this was about a year ago. And I got in really, really early. I found this token and it looked like a good deal. I liked what the developers were doing with it. I saw they had a whole bunch of marketing planned. So I put $1,000 in. And then a few days later, that $1,000 was worth $100,000. 
just because more and more people had caught on. I was just lucky to be early. Yeah, I kind of remember this. You remember that yeah, one? And, you were like, <laughs> and I was like, every day. I was like, like, man, this is awesome. You know, like this is this is a great deal. Um, didn't end up selling. I I did end up selling, but not until it had dr- dropped from like a hundred thousand dollars to like ten thousand dollars. So still made a lot of money, but lost a lot of potential money. Um, but there's plenty more where I put in a thousand dollars and then it just goes poof the next day. Like the developers just rug pull. Um, or there's others where I put in a thousand dollars and then it just never really goes anywhere. Then just kind of slowly tanks. There was one, I still have it just because it's funny. I put in $5,000. This was like when I was early in crypto, put in $5,000 and today it's worth like 12 bucks. Really? <laughs> yep. So I still have the same amount of of coins that I bought of this cryptocurrency still the exact same amount. But I, when I bought it, it was worth $5,000 went up a bit. Wait, so how much did you pay for it? $5,000. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's like, so that's how much it was worth. Yeah. So paid? the coin I bought, like I bought like 3 million of these coins, just a different cryptocurrency. And so I still have 3 million of those coins, but it's just worth a lot less now. Do you think it will go back up? No, no, there's no shot. So you just wasted five thousand dollars. Yes, I wasted. And you get mad at me for shopping. Okay, but hold on. I've also this made is a lot. It's gonna turn into a big I've, argument. I've also <laughs> it it evens itself out. I've also made a lot. I'm just saying that's probably one of my biggest losses. Was that with your money or our money? I my money. I don't know. I mean, what I don't know how you want to define it, but that was before you were working, so that was probably my money. Okay, that's good. Yeah. So don't worry about it. But do you think crypto will ever will ever fail, or like no, I don't think not so. Be a thing? No, there's no way. I mean, I think it's so. It's like I I like to relate it to the dot com bubble, like 20 years ago. You probably don't know what that is. So this was uh, like like 2000 2001. A lot of tech stocks were like the big thing, like tech companies, like Amazon, Pets dot com. You've probably never even heard of Pets dot com. All Have these. You? Yes, because I'm getting to it. All these tech companies, this was like the next big thing. People were getting really excited about tech. People were getting really excited about tech stocks. And it became so overvalued that like there was a, the bubble popped, it crashed. And so like 90% of those companies just failed. They didn't make it. But the ones that did survive are now Amazon, Microsoft, mm-hmm. Apple, you know. And so that's kind of where we are right now with crypto. Like I've, and to to some extent, I think we've mostly popped it this year. I think this year's actually been really good. People will look at me; they're like, "This year's probably been terrible for you." I'm like, "Yeah, for my investments, if I'm going to sell, which I'm not, you know, I'm in this long term." But I think this has been really good for crypto market overall because the majority of cryptocurrencies are going to fail if they haven't already. A lot of them already have. Like the, how how I said, there's thousands and thousands of cryptocurrencies. Majority of them should fail because we don't really need that many. Um, but the big ones, they're going to make it. So Bitcoin is going to be like Amazon, like Ethereum. You know, it's going to be like Microsoft. Like the big ones that actually work, that a lot of people use, that are solid, those ones will make it. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's been good. Like the crashes that have happened this year, I don't know, good is relative. It's never good when people lose money or when investors lose money or when there's fraud. You know, there's been a lot of that, which is unfortunate. That happens a lot in the industry. But the overall lesson of this year from all the different crypto crashes, whether it's just been a a crypto coin that's crashed where it's been an exchange that's crashed there's been multiple exchanges that have crashed and burned the overall lesson is don't be over leveraged do you know what that mean you know what that means no like don't <laughs> don't, don't be in debt and don't trade on debt don't trade other people's money people were over leveraged and overconfident because the last 2021 was so good for crypto it was just such a good year so people got overconfident they got over leveraged and that popped. So I think it's a good lesson for people to learn is like, A, don't trade with money you don't have. B, be smart with it, right? You know, just understand. Like when I when I started investing money for other people, like friends and stuff, I said, I want you to understand there is a real possibility. There's a non-zero chance that this all just goes to zero. Like you just lose all your money. You know, this isn't like buying an Apple stock where it could go up, could go down, but it's, they're not going to go bankrupt. You're like, Crypto, you know, there's a very real chance you could lose all your money. Um, Long term, though, like Bitcoin's never going away. Blockchain technology is never going away. It just makes sense. 
So long-term, we'll be fine. Short-term, like, there's going to be up and downs. I think a lot of people learned a lot of lessons this year, which is good. Another one of those lessons is kind of how we were talking about decentralization. So, you know, that, that person I told you who lost $10 million because he couldn't remember his password. Well, mm -hmm. there's other people. I have friends that also lost a lot of money because they had their money in centralized exchanges that went bankrupt. So they lost their crypto, which is why I try and keep all of my crypto on my own hardware wallet. Because a lot of my crypto right now is on crypto.com, which is a centralized exchange. If they go bankrupt, if they go under, I probably won't get any of my money back. But if I forget my password to my crypto.com app, they can reset it for me. That's good. Okay. See, so there's the pros and cons mm -hmm. of centralization. So if that makes much sense. It hurts my head. I've learned too much and I'm dying. <laughs> okay, let, let's let's do a few more questions. Okay, Hopefully well, I just want to know, like, would you consider this, like, your, like a normal job? Like, oh. is this a normal job to you? No, I don't think so. I mean, because it's, it's so different just because the, the cryptocurrency world, like, like, my job performance is very much directly tied to the market. So... Q1 and Q3 of this year were both pretty good, and so that's why I did very well. Q2 was really bad because that was the first big crash. And so far, the last month has been really bad because there's been another big crash, you know? So, and we say in the crypto world, we all say like one day in crypto is like a thousand days for the rest of the world. Just because it moves so fast, like, because it's so new technology. People are always trying to push the envelope, people are always trying to do new things. It moves so fast and so like, so it's kind of stressful and like, it's so global. You know, I, just people at my company, I work with people that are, a lot of our employees are in London or Australia. Those are two hubs. And, you know, so if <laughs> Australia, they're like 11 hours ahead of us, I think. And so like time zones are so hard to work out. Like I do a lot of calls with people that, you know, have cryptocurrencies that are based in Dubai Time zone's crazy. I've done a lot of like really late calls, really early calls. Um, so it's definitely not a normal job. It's it's crazy. It's it's fun. I love it. You know, I like working in the industry, but yeah, definitely not normal. Mm -hmm. It's like me. I don't feel normal sometimes. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Especially you. being a gymnast, I feel like my life was never normal. But who's to say what normal is, you know? It is true. So how do you buy and sell it? So that's a good question. So there's Two ways, well, there's three ways to buy and sell crypto. So one, probably least common, but just peer-to-peer. -peer. So like I can send you Bitcoin and then you'll just give me cash. That's one way. I've done that with some friends that don't want to do the other ways. Um, you can just Venmo me or you can just give me, you know, cash. Um, you create your own cryptocurrency wallet, I can send it to you. So that's one way to buy and sell crypto just with people you know. Um Definitely not the most common. The two most common are used a centralized exchange or used a decentralized exchange. Centralized exchange, kind of like I was talking about earlier, like Binance. Binance, the biggest one. They're pretty good. Um, again, pros and cons. With a centralized exchange, you can reset your password if you forget it. Um, the, to, there's, there's some, I shouldn't even go into that. Some people claim there's insurance and stuff, but you're like your funds are insured. Uh, the, basically, the pro of a centralized exchange is it's easy. It's easy to sign up for. They do KYC, which means know your customers. So that's why it's centralized. They know who you are. You can direct deposit uh, or ACH money from your bank to your centralized exchange. Um, and I should say the one like clear advantage of centralized exchanges is there's fiat on and off ramps. Fiat just means like dollar bills or your country's currency. On and off ramps means on a centralized exchange, you can turn dollar bills into crypto and crypto into dollar bills. So that's why a centralized exchange is nice because they have those regulations from the government. Like they have like compliance and everything. You can do that. You can buy Bitcoin with dollars. You can sell Bitcoin into dollars, send it back to your bank. But how much money would you want to take from your bank and put in there? That is a... Is it, like <laughs> that's a risky a, to have a lot sitting in there? Or is yeah, it good I mean, it's, to have a lot sitting there because it's like it's safe up to and you. no one... It's, it's what your own risk um, tolerance is. So, you know, obviously not financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor, so I can't really say but it's it's different for everyone but so on a centralized exchange there's order books you can buy and sell crypto that's one that's probably the most popular way second is you can use a decentralized exchange a decentralized exchange it's kind of like the company i work for we have one 
there's no KYC, which means the company doesn't know who you are. So when you sign up for Binance, you need to put, you know, your name, your birthday, your social, proof of ID. They need to know who you are, tax purposes, stuff like that. With a decentralized exchange, you just create a wallet and you just hook up to it and you can trade any cryptocurrency. But because it's because of that, there's no fiat on and off ramps. So you can't sell on a decentralized exchange like Bitcoin for dollars. It just kind of stays in crypto. But with a decentralized exchange that uses what's called liquidity pools, um, which is cool because you can, on a decentralized exchange, you can only buy Bitcoin if it's actually there. And someone doesn't have to actively be selling it. It's not like a it's not like Facebook Marketplace or it's not like Craigslist. There's just a liquidity pool. So there's a pool of Bitcoin and there's pairings, which means because you're not buying it with dollars on a decentralized exchange because decentralized is just all crypto. DeFi is decentralized finance. And so there's a pool of with a lot of like Bitcoin in it and the pairings of like other coins that you trade for it. So Bitcoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin, USDT, Tether. That's one of the coins that's pegged to the dollar. In a centralized, so it actually has to be there. In a centralized exchange, I mean, there's there's liquidity, um, but they use market makers. So there's order books. And there's a big exchange that just collapsed, FTX. It's been in the news. So a lot of people probably know about that. And one of their biggest problems is that they weren't actually... How do I put this? That makes sense. Um, the money that was on FTX wasn't really on FTX, if that makes sense. No, it doesn't. That doesn't, does it? Yes, you're nodding. Sure, yeah. So it's like, let me try and, just try and explain this as simple as possible. If I'm buying Bitcoin on a decentralized exchange, it's, it's literally on the blockchain. All those notepads that are writing stuff down, I can check the blockchain and say, oh, yes. In this liquidity pool, there is exactly this much Bitcoin. I can buy it, and I can see it move exactly into my wallet. It's there. On FTX, or on a centralized exchange, they just say, hey, we have this much Bitcoin. You buy it, and there's just an amount in your app showing, hey, you have this much. Doesn't really mean it's there. And then they were, you know, there's a whole lot that goes into it. They were taking customer funds, using it to trade, losing money, blah, blah, blah. So what happened was, People tried to withdraw their money, and they couldn't because there's not enough liquidity. In a decentralized exchange, like you don't need to withdraw your money because it's yours. So that's like the cool thing. Like a bank, you have to withdraw money from a bank if you want your money, if you don't want it in the bank anymore. That's why crypto is cool if it's decentralized. You don't have to ever have to worry about withdrawing it. It's just yours. You already have it. You know, you're your own ATM. Um, so... That's hopefully hopefully most of that <laughs> makes sense. I don't know. Sense. I think I have a headache. Okay, but that that answers the question. How do you buy or sell cryptocurrency? So, I if you're if you're a beginner, just sign up for Binance US or Crypto.com. You can use that, and then as you learn more, definitely I would recommend trading on a decentralized exchange using your own decentralized hardware wallet. Listen to Jonas. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I, tr I try. So why do so many people become obsessed with buying crypto? So I think the problem is because for such a long time, it's been a good way to make money. It kind of gets you hooked on that. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. So like, <laughs> Speaking I of mean, you. look at it objectively. Like Bitcoin is the highest performing asset of all time. That means nothing has ever increased in price to the extent that Bitcoin has. Um, so not gold. Not any stocks. I mean, there's some crazy, like Amazon, you know, that's right. very high appreciating, but still doesn't come close to Bitcoin. Um, artwork, okay, like maybe some Da Vinci paintings or Van Gogh, like when he when they first painted them, not worth a lot. Now they're worth millions, okay. Stuff like that. But like Bitcoin beats everything. And so I the issue that, and like, think about that. There's other cryptocurrencies, like the, the smaller it is, the greater it is greater chance it is to have higher returns, you know, just because the market cap's low. So a lot of people get addicted to seeing those, just that dopamine hit of, hey, I just 10X'd my money in two seconds, you know. Even if you lose it, you're just always hunting that 10X again, that 100X, you know, that 2X. 
So I think that's why a lot of people get obsessed with it. It's just because they're, it's like, it's like gambling. Yeah. It's like a video game. It's, <laughs> it's pretty unhealthy. You know, when it gets to that point, like why do people get obsessed with slot machines? You know, you go into a casino and you see all these zombies just sitting there doing their slots. It's because every once in a while you win, you get all that money. I think crypto is way better than gambling, but there's a lot of similarities. It's crazy. Okay. Last question. Okay. Okay. So when people talk about crypto, it sounds like another language. Where do you learn all that lingo? That is a good question. And I think that's the most important question that I want to leave with people. Hopefully this has been educational and helpful. Hopefully you know a little bit more about crypto and blockchain by now, but maybe I just confused you even more. Um, So it's hard because again, it's so new. There's not a whole lot of like established education channels. There is a lot, but there also is a lot, you know, it's kind of hard to know what's legit or not. Um, My go-to for like simple, good, um, good ways to like learn and understand crypto and stuff. There's a YouTube channel called Whiteboard Crypto. Super cool. They like explain it very simply and they draw it out, you know, um, like on a whiteboard. And so, and they make analogies and references and stuff. So it makes sense. So I like Whiteboard Crypto. There's a lot of other YouTube channels that I watch. Honestly, there's a lot of good stuff on YouTube. If, if there's misinformation, it usually doesn't really get that big. Because at this point, people know what they're talking about. So I would go on YouTube, what is Bitcoin? Even go online. Like, you just type in what is Bitcoin. There's a whole bunch of articles, stuff that makes sense. So, I mean, that's really what I did when I kind of started looking into it. I just Googled what is Bitcoin. And then I just read, like, every single article on the first page of Google so I could understand it. But if you're like me, I hate reading, so I'd stick to okay. YouTube. Okay, <laughs> yeah, if you hate reading, then yeah, just do the, just do the same thing, but with YouTube, because that's what I did. So, I, what is Bitcoin? I read every article. What is cryptocurrency? Every article on the first page. What is blockchain technology? Then I got a pretty good understanding of it. But if you don't want to do that, just go to YouTube. What is Bitcoin? Just see what it, video has the most views, because that's probably because it has that many views and hasn't been taken down means it's legit. Um, again, you know, there's a where where it comes to speculation, like. Don't ever take someone's word on, like, price predictions and stuff. No one knows that. No one knows what price Bitcoin is going to be at a month from now, a year from now, a day from now. No one knows. Um, So I'd be careful about that sort of stuff, looking up price stuff. But the technology behind it, there's a lot of really good videos that explain it. There's a lot of really good articles that explain it. Again, whiteboard crypto is a really easy one to understand. But there's a lot of crypto people too that break down concepts make it simple so that's what i would say hit up youtube hit up google the more you read too the more you'll understand the more you watch the more you'll understand it's good to get different perspectives because everyone explains crypto a different way so now you're saying i need to go study crypto yeah i think everyone should i honest i think it should be a class like how financial literacy is a class that would be kind of cool. I really think crypto, or not even crypto, I think blockchain technology should be a class and its applications. Well, maybe you could be a professor. Teach it. <laughs> That'd be uh, kind of cool. That would be kind of cool. We'll see. So um, okay. hopefully hopefully that was a good crash course on crypto. I learned a lot. I'm glad. I'm glad you learned a lot. I mean, my, my head hurts because <laughs> that was a lot to take in. But It is a lot to take in, but do some studying. Um, today's assumption is you actually have very different hobbies, but still have more in common than you would think. Okay. We're going to say if we agree or disagree on three, but I need to, I need to digest this one more time. Yeah, Can you read it one more time? Okay. Yeah. I read it before, but you actually have very different hobbies, but still have more in common than you would think. Okay. On three, one, two, three. Agree. Ooh. What? Why do you agree on that? I agree because we're both very athletic. We're both super competitive. I don't know. I feel like we just... No, I, I that's exactly it because we don't really have the same hobbies at all. No. We do not no. like to do this. Like You like shopping. You like hiking. I like hiking. You like you know, outdoors. You like, I hate the outdoors. Yeah, I like outdoors. You like indoors. <laughs> like we have very different hobbies, but... It's like the things that aren't hobbies are what we have in common. Like our personalities are pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Our senses of humor are pretty similar. So like super competitive. We're both really competitive. So yeah, <laughs> I would agree with that. We have different hobbies, but we still have more in common than you would think. Yeah. So it's a rare agree from us. Um, 
So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Let us know your thoughts about crypto below. We want to hear from you. If you have any questions, ask them. I'll hop in the comments, see if I can respond to some. I will probably not be in those comments. <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll say Michaela Scanner, but it'll be me <laughs> if he's responding to a crypto comment. Uh, don't forget to leave a rating if you're on Apple or Spotify. Those really help boost our numbers there. And I think that's it. That's it. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Like always, every Friday, we'll have a new episode for you. We have a fun one coming next week, so tune in. Yeah, hopefully we'll be able to chime in a little bit more on that no, one. I, I know the topic of next one, and it's very much a, a you topic. Good, I like that. It's, I a, like it's, a, it's a disagree topic, I can <laughs> oh, tell no. you right now, yeah. Fun. Well, so I'm excited. Tune in. We'll see you guys next week. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. We love you guys.